We're going to talk about uh, hearing God's voice tonight, and uh, that's the kind of aim, and I hope to encourage you, I hope to, to aid you, maybe to give you one step to take in a direction, um, uh, uh, to, te- tape, uh, to take, take, not tape you, but to take you deeper into hearing God um, and walking with God. Now, um, I, maybe just to say, I am married to a wonderful lady, Inna. She's at home. It's Mother's Day. We've got three boys. And this whole weekend with the gathering and sports and everything was quite busy. And they've got tests, so we, we just made the call. They would have come together with me, but we just made the call. This is not working that well. I even lost my uh, youngest boy just before I had to leave for you. He got lost somewhere in the neighborhood. And we had to go search for him. And then I said, I need to go to Stellenbosch. Find Aron. He's our youngest one. And he was just cruising on his bike. Uh, <laughs> I thought he's coming home, and then Ina asked me, where's Aaron? He's just in front, and then he was not in front. (laughs) So I made the joke in the first meeting, uh, you know, some of you at times feel like you've lost your salvation, but there was a parents, Joseph and Mary, who lost the Savior for three days, (laughs) Jesus. They thought they lost him, but luckily he was in the Father's house. So um, I uh, feel like, okay. You know, even Jesus got lost a little bit, so. But, um, so that's a bit of my background. As you know, we in Paul, we have a morning congregation there, and uh, it's great to be with you. I was 15, and it was round about March, April, I can't remember the exact date, and uh, I was 15 years old. Friday night at a youth gathering, uh, one of my friends started inviting me to this youth that they called it, and it was basically almost like this, but just on a Friday night with a bunch of high school uh, kids and some young adults kind of your age and here and there maybe a little bit older to help kids find Jesus. And I was going there kind of you know, your typical uh, 15-year-old uh, just wanting something cool to do over uh, Friday. And there was like, I mean, there was a bit of a revival thing happening. So there were about 400 young people just gathering. It was cool. But I wasn't with Jesus yet. And so uh, it was about the fourth Friday, if I remember correctly. And they had this like big youth bash at a at a. Um, shopping center vibes, but there were a bunch of cool stuff happening. Uh, anybody from Pretoria, East here, Garsontein, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, so I was in Garsontein when Garsontein wasn't much at that stage yet. So, uh, but uh, we were there close to Menlin Retail Center, you know, Retail Center. It was, it sounds worse than what it <laughs> was. But uh, there was this youth bash and youth pastor, and he was preaching the gospel. And at the end, like many of you have experienced, maybe even here or in another place, he said, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, don't you want to put up your hand? And as we put up, he says, don't you want to come to the front and surrender your life to Jesus? And I am this kind of self-conscious uh, you know, hit puberty, you kind of don't want to do uncool stuff, go to the front, you feel so, you know, it's like weird and embarrassed. And But 
amidst all those feelings, the overarching feeling and experience that I had is you've got to go to the front and give your life to Jesus. So I go to the front and it was quite non-emotional for me. It was like a logical next step. I grew up in a kind of a traditional Christian home, loving parents, took me to Sunday school, all of that, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And there I felt, okay, I need to do this. And I went to the front, prayed with this one guy, surrendered my life to Jesus, and kind of theoretically I knew I'm giving my life to Jesus, but I didn't really know how serious God was taking me up on this surrendering. And, uh, and so it was like, you know, those cartoons when a snowball comes down the hill, it starts small and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, for me, it was like that. Little prayer, no tears, no nothing. This is the right thing to do. Next day, we have rugby. You know, it's rugby season, so we've got a rugby match. I scored two tries. It's never happened before. This Christian thing works. <laughs> and in my kind of, you know, youth mind, I understood that the creator of the invisible and the visible, almighty God, all those big, you know, words that are outside of our minds, that God is there to make my life better. And He is. It's working. That Sunday, I went to a church with my friend. He was in a kind of more, almost like this type of church, a more charismatic church. And um, at the end there, they were praying for people. And they said, do whoever wants prayer, come to the front. I went to the front and I got overwhelmed with a sense of peace and love as people were praying for me. To such an extent that I actually fell over. And I know some of you might have heard of this and think that's very weird or so. I was by my mind, you know, I was cognitive of everything, but it was just such an overwhelming experience that I just couldn't stand up. And I fell over. And as I laid there, I was aware of God's presence. And then all of a sudden, I started crying. And it was as if my experience was as if God was washing me. It was just like a bunch of gunk. I didn't know whatever, but gunk was coming out, and it was pain, bad stuff, hurt, this, that, and the other. I just cried. I got up there, and I was just like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I didn't have a bunch of Bible words, theology, this teaching, that teaching, and all of that to explain this, but I encountered God, and it was personal. It was real. I still had a bit of bad theology because he was making my life better, even though I gave it to him. But he would soon sort that out. So, I went from this 15-year-old, foul-mouthed, had a foul mouth, girls on the mind, Sport crazy, insecure, non-praying, non-Bible reading person to girls on the mind, <laughs> sport crazy, now praying, secure in Jesus but still insecure outside of Jesus, out, you know, kind of with relationships and Bible reading person. 
ね。Sounds like many of your born again experience. There. I'm letting you in into the mind of a 15 year old boy. All right. And I'm saying this because sometimes lots of things change immediately, and sometimes it changes gradually. And so I started reading the Bible and praying and going to this youth. And man, it was this Bible that I was reading was full of people that. God spoke to, and they spoke to God. And、uh, the picture that was emerging for me was God is personal and He speaks, and people hear Him. And I didn't, I've never heard God like audibly or so. It's never happened to me, but yeah, it, I mean, I read scriptures like the word of the Lord came to him. It's like, and the voice of God spoke. And the prophet and the Lord spoke, and you know all these like verses. It says God speaks. I'm like, where is God speaking? You know, kind of where is it still happening today? And I, I kind of gauged like, okay, okay. It seems like He's also speaking into our hearts and leading, and and so I'm like a puzzle. I'm putting together this picture of how does God communicate? How does He work with us? How does He walk with us? So I thought, okay, I need to start putting this to the test. Will I hear God? I don't know if many of you have sat with this, like, you know, does He love me? Does He not? Does He, you know? And you're almost like in this, you know,、uh, that little flower, you know, that we do with God. He, he loves me. He loves me not. He wants me. He wants me not. And okay, let's see if God wants to speak. Does He want to speak or does He not? And、uh, and so. The most important thing to ask God about is this one girl that I really liked. <laughs> I was saved enough to know that I must ask God before I ask her out. I must get the man of theirs, okay? Because then it will all work out, and we will live happily ever after. <laughs> She was a blonde bombshell that I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> So, let's make it easy for God. I had a friend that was a little bit older in the Lord than I am, same age, but he's known God a little bit longer. And somehow, through the conversations, I heard that he said, "God told me," and then he would speak. God told me, and then he would speak. God's not speaking to me yet, but he's speaking to him. So, what do we do? We go ask the guy that God is speaking to already. Gonna make it easy, God, yay or nay? That's all I want, so that I can pray. Nay, no. Excuse that. <laughs> Listen, this is the 15-year-old. The 15-year-old. All right. So I go to him. I go to him and ask, "Hey, you know?" Because obviously, my mind is saying he's probably up there in his quiet time, and then God speaks to him. Tell Ruan that. So I go to him and say, "Hey, and you know it, it was Yuri. You would know Yuri." <laughs> so I go, "Has God maybe told you anything about me?" <laughs> no. Okay, maybe you don't. I mean, God's obviously speaking so much to you. Let me just help you know where to file it. <laughs> Ask God if I can. Start a relationship. 
And he was also now a bit immature, so he says, wait. <laughs> so I give him till the second break. What does God say? Come, quick, quick, quick. My, well, my heart is burning. All right? It's like uh, there's a scripture about that, if you burn. So we need to sort this out. I can't remember what he said. But I took a positive response from that. <laughs> so, but yes, I, I wanted to make sure. So, uh, this Old Testament is full of like cool signs and stuff. So, in my mind, it's like God can speak to me in the clouds. So, I asked God, God, I'm going to look up. There's a yes or a no. I'd know. I kid you not. And remember, yes, that's three. There's three letters. Afrikaans, it's just ja of nee. So it's just two letters I need. Ja. Ja. <laughs> I got a ja. I know. I mean, look. I wanted to go out to that girl badly. And God had to say yes. And he did. Two weeks later, she said no. <laughs> oh, yeah. My heart was broken. Disappointed. God does not speak. I am not going through this Christian thing because now my life is inconvenient. He said he's going to make my life better. It's not better. Maybe you are like me or was that there are things that are important in our lives or that we think are very important that we need an answer right now. And you will go through all the different stuff that might be slightly miraculous like in the Bible. I remember I, was, I hit puberty bad. Uh, my, my face, uh, who knows, Reacutan, you know, Re oh, yeah. I, uh, I was, a, a, annually, I went on Reacutan, and it was bad. So I would go, and I want to, this is now for pimples, for those of you who never had a zit in your life. <laughs> you evil person, you made me feel bad. <laughs> no, but I would, I would go, and it's like, I read about these miracles that Jesus did. So, the pool of Siloam, have you heard of that? that the, go, the guy went in, he got healed when he came out. Yeah, I, I, I remember one holiday. Yeah, man, I just want to go out to the beach and, you know, so, but I'm, oh, this is just, so, so I, 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 I filled the basin in the bathroom. I said, Lord, you healed that man. I'm going to put my face in the water. I'm going to take it out and it will be clean. It didn't work the first time, but then I remember there was a guy, Naaman or so, he went in seven times in the water when he had... <laughs> It's not working. <laughs> I tried a lot of stuff. I read about Jesus walking on the water. I kid you not, we had a pool. <laughs> Lord, if you are real. <laughs> look, look, look. It's not working. Hey. If it worked, man, 
I would have gone back to that girl and told her, I can walk on water. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is that we all want to know God better. We all want to hear God. And, and, and sometimes we'll go do weird stuff and ask God weird stuff just to, in some way, not so much get an answer, but determine that He's real. And that when He speaks to us, it witnesses in our heart that He's real. It's not just a teaching. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just a bunch of doctrines and things that we come to church on a Sunday, we believe, and maybe you pray or you recite. And it's not just that dead religion. It's alive. And the, and. Maybe you would experience it being alive slightly different, but I know for each one of us, if there's communication, it's alive. We feel it's real. And we all long for that in God. And I believe He's placed that longing in our hearts. It is actually when that longing is satisfied that it's part of Him saying the yes, and that our hearts say yes. To such an extent that when He sent His Son, He called Him the living Word. In the beginning was the Word, and He lived among us. That the voice of God would take on flesh. That He would speak in the form of a person. And I want us to turn to Hebrews uh, 1, verse 1 and 2. And I want to highlight just a few things. We can't go through it all because it is really a lifetime journey. Uh, This year I will be married 20 years. Not to the blonde bombshell, but to the feisty brunette. And uh, those of you who have met her, you would know. um, but, um, But I still miss Rita. I still don't, even sometimes when she tells me exactly what she wants. I miss it. And she said, but I told you. Uh. <laughs> and so communicating and, and growing in a relationship takes time because it, two individuals that you can't control that are dynamic and alive and we need to grow. And so we're going to touch on a few things to help us grow. Now, Hebrews 1 verse 1, it says, long ago, At many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Those are those, you know, that you read in the Old Testament of the thunder and the earthquakes and the fire and, you know, just hectic stuff that the prophets did. And I wanted to to kind of that, that type of thing. And then he goes on the right, he says, but in these days, these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. And just keep that there. But in these last days, He has spoken to us in His Son. In other words, what He's trying to say there is that when we look to the Son, Jesus Christ, 
whom most of you have given your life to, who most of you have asked to take you and, and, and Him to be your Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, God speaks through Him. And when we look at Him, when we consider Him, when we say, Lord, we, we come to Him, He is speaking. It's weird for us because He's not always speaking in the words like we speak to one another, but He is speaking through His life. And we have a, a little bit of that when we see how God reveals Him as the living Word, the living message, the personified Word. It is as if he wanted, God wanted to say, okay, I want to write you a love letter. I want to write you a letter that reveals my heart, that reveals my mind, that, that kind of opens up to you who I am. And here's the letter, but, you know, just words on pages are just not enough. I'm giving you a person. And he is the message. When you look to Him, when you behold Him, when you consider Him, everything about Him speaks. Not just His lips, but His life. When He heals, when He touches, when He sp sits with the disciples, when He, when he touches, uh, when He speaks uh, to that, um, excuse me, to that, uh, what was it, the widow that gave the two mites. The, when, he, when, he, when He speaks about that, so everything about Him speaks and reveals God. To such an extent that still today, we can look at the Scriptures, we can come before God, and we, God reveals Himself through Jesus. You want to know how God is? Look at Jesus. He is the express image of God. If you want to know God's voice, you need to come to His voice, His Word, the living Word, Jesus. Consider Him. And so I got to know Jesus, and I realized that there were some things that, although it's important for me, it's not necessarily so important for God right now, that, that, that for Jesus, who I am becoming is more important than having a yes-no answer for everything I ask. And you need to know that, that God's process and God's plan with you and me is not so that we hear His voice or His instructions to the T. No, it is that we become like Him. Romans 8 verse 29, if I remember correctly, it says that He predestined us to conform to the image of His Son. So if Jesus was in your body, He was in your situation, He was studying your uh, course, or He was in your family, how would He be like? What would He be like? That is what He's trying to form. It's not that you start wearing sandals and grow your hair and say shalom, <laughs> peace be with you. It might be that you say that sometimes or so, but he wants to express his life through who you are. That's amazing. That's how valuable he deems your life. And that is why we fight for the sacredness of life. 
is that he's not threatened by the fact that you are different than him. He likes it. In fact, he wants it. But he wants to express his nature through you and me. That's amazing. So he doesn't want a bunch of copies. He wants us to be like him. When you become parents, maybe as a few, you don't want your children to be exactly the same. You love the difference, the diversity. But I guarantee you, when other people meet them, it's like, these like you. They laugh, or you see in families, you know, there's a similar laughter or something. They like one another, but they're not the same as one another. That's what God desires. And so he wants to speak to you and me. And that is part of the gospel. The good news. It's not just that you are. And there's a bunch of words that we can maybe put to the gospel that comes to your mind when I say, what is the gospel? The gospel is forgiveness of sins. The gospel is that you are redeemed or that you are justified. These big words, righteous and reconciliation and all these big words that we are cleansed. And, 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 so, and, and that is all right. But the gospel in a whole thing is that God wants you and me with Him. We were lost. We need to be with Him. And in order for us to be with Him, we need to be forgiven and cleansed and da, 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 all those kind of things. But those are all in order that we can be with Him and share life, just like Jesus and the Father shared life. And when we share life, there's communication. You just see the moms, and there are a few young moms, but Brigitte, she's going to you know, give birth to a Little Mia, and Mia is gonna, and Mia is immediately gonna hear words. Mia can't speak. Mia can't understand really what what's being said or so, but she's receiving life, communication. Could I say spirit in that sense that she's she's getting communication that says you are loved, you are accepted, you are safe, we are yours, you are our child. And that's what God is expressing through His Son. You go ask my eight-year-old, well, we've had that little talk with him. <laughs> Can I just, sorry. <laughs> so this, we, we have a thing like when our boys are about five, six, we start the talk, you know. But we don't go into all the nitty-gritties. We just start to give them an idea of their bodies are made by God, for God, and there's destiny, and they've got superpowers. I've got three boys. They've got superpowers to create life, and, you know, we kind of uh, <laughs> do all those stuff. But that superpower is only allowed in a covenant, and, you know, so one day, and so they've got to keep their superpowers and, and all those kind of stuff. And, 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 and. And then we, you know, we say a mommy and a daddy comes together, have a warm feeling, that's how babies come. And so, but, you know, by five, six, goes over. This holiday, December holiday. You know, Arun, our youngest, asks again about, and my wife, Ina, says, but we told you, Arun, this is what happens. It's like, no. 
Mama Badul, no. <laughs> he gets out of the car, he comes to his brother, he says, Het jy geweet dat dit? His brother says, yeah, mom tell us. No. <laughs> it's like, it was an epiphany <laughs> of sorts. So he knows, he knows. <laughs> Why did I get there? <laughs> Oh, life, life, sharing of life. <laughs> life, baby's life, sharing life. And so, so that, and, and God wants to, to share that kind of faith that you, you have a place. And He does that through His Word. He does that through His Son, first of all, the living Word, but He does that through His words as well. So we start with the Son. But then I spoke to you about how I started to read the Bible. And the Bible is the written account of how God spoke and dealt with His people. We oftentimes speak of it as the Word of God. And what we mean with that, it's the words of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. But the, this is the words of God. It's the, it's the account of how God dealt with His people. And there are poems. There are historic books. There are wisdom books. There are prophetic books. There are witness accounts. And every book you need to read in the right way. You need to approach it as what it was written for. So like some would say, the Bible was not, it was written for us, but not at us. There were people that needed to read that the first time. And so we've got to in some way find how would they have read it? How would they have understood it so that we can better grasp what God is trying to say through those scriptures? You don't go try and get a scientific explanation from Song of Solomon. I know, many of you don't even go there because it's just way too weird. But the poetic books, and oftentimes many of you have probably gotten into conversations where people, you know, they've got scientific, like, but the Bible is wrong on this and this and this and this. And it's like, the Bible wasn't written for that purpose. You, 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 you're getting guys that still thought that, some of them thought that the earth was flat. They, they, they haven't been to the ends of the earth. But God still spoke through them. And we've got to find what that is. So I started to read. And as I read the scriptures, uh, 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 a kind of a well or a frame of reference of how God speaks started to build up. And I found myself that at times when I came into a situation, a scripture reference or a scripture portion pops up. And it actually was applicable for the situation. It was... it. Light, it was like light for the way I had to walk in that situation. And I saw that Jesus did it. And in, in, in Matthew 4 and in uh, I think Luke 4 as well, Jesus is tempted. The Bible says that he's led into the wilderness just after he's baptized to be tempted. And in that temptation, there are three kind of main temptations that the Satan brings to him. And we're not going to go into that. The point is how Jesus came back at the devil was, it is written. 
He wasn't looking for, I don't feel good. He knew the scriptures and he could refute it. He knew the scriptures and he knew what was God's heart and will for the situation. You and I need to know the Bible. Isaiah 50 verse 4, if you can go there. And it's the prophet Isaiah that speaks and he says, The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Isn't that nice, huh? Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. And this, this picture is, is, is painted here of how this prophet would morning by morning wake up to hear the word of the Lord. To be with God and to listen. Now exactly how God spoke to him there, I don't know. But we see that it is revealed that God spoke to him and it helped him to speak right. Most of you here are studying. And you're studying in a specific direction. And uh, if you, let's say it's medicine or maybe engineering or whatever that is, by virtue of you giving yourself to be taught, to hear and to learn, you actually become well-versed in that area. And so you have a tongue of one that is taught. Because you have had an ear of one being taught. And that same principle is for as we are learners, disciples, learners of Jesus, followers of Jesus. As we need to give ourselves to the Word of God. First place is, or not the first, but the second place is here we learn the voice of God by reading Scripture, by getting to know it. And you start seeing, it's not just the specific, it's the picture that's painted through the scriptures. That you start to get to know God and what God's heart is. Just like Jesus. Then secondly, I want us to go to Luke 3. Luke 3 verse 21 and 22. It says, now when all the people were were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Uh, what an awesome experience that must have been. Uh, those of you getting baptized next week, uh, I mean, imagine that happening. That could be cool. I didn't have that experience when I got baptized, but man, we... But here you can see that there's, there's an experience of God speaking. Can we go to just the previous verse, uh, verse 21 again? I want you to look there. What was taking place that kind of played into the field where God spoke? What, what were some of the ingredients that took place there? Who wants to answer? <laughs> He's giving you the answer. Who, who wants to go? Yes. He was praying. So there was a time of prayer, and while Jesus was praying, God spoke. And you see that often in the Scriptures. 
there in Acts, Paul, you many of you know Paul, the great apostle that wrote most of the New Testament. It says, and uh, forgive my, uh, I don't have the reference right now, maybe you can get it. But it says there, some prophets and teachers were praying and ministering to God. They were just having like a time of worship to God, praying. And then it says, and then the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Saul and Silas, uh, um, Barnabas, who became Paul. So it's Paul and, and Barnabas. And from there they were sent to go and plant the churches and teach in the churches. It was during a time of praying and ministering to God. And I'm surprised by how little we pray. Oftentimes we are like that 15-year-old Ruan that heard of somebody that hears God's voice. And we go, would you pray for me? And just maybe God speaks to you about. And we're too lazy to go pray ourselves. Now that doesn't mean that you don't ask for people. We should ask people to pray with us. But that can't substitute our personal responsibility to be with God and to pray to Him. Prayer in the English, by virtue of just the word prayer, means to ask. So ask Him. God is not offended, threatened or so by your asking. He loves us asking. He wants to answer your prayers. He oftentimes wants to answer it with the answer of no. Because we always want a yes, like little Ruan. We want it to be in the positive because we know what's best for us. We know what we need right now. And God just needs to say yes. But frequently I've seen that God's no has been my lifesaver. Sometimes we get offended when God says no. Sometimes we feel He does not answer us because we don't want a no. But there is one thing that I've learned from my other son, my middle son. He is a, he's a man of faith. One day he comes to me and says, Baba, Baba, can I get a sweet cry? Have a sweet. Because he's got a sweet tooth. We need to, so he, you know, hamper or you know, govern, govern this, the sugar intake. And uh, I say, no, my son, you can't have this. He looks at me and says, can I have two? <laughs> and he got me. I was like, I've never thought of that angle. <laughs> it's like, he can't have one, but maybe he can have two. Man of faith. <laughs> so it might be that God says no for that one thing, but just ask God for maybe more. Huh? <laughs> No, I'm, I thought that's, that's my businessman in now, see? <laughs> but ask. And I want to tell you that as, as a parent, lots of my parenting goes into no. No, you can't go there. No, you can't do this. No, and it's not because you're evil. It's because you want to safeguard. You, you're going to protect. You want him to, to know how certain things work. And sometimes, you know, and if we who want the best for our children say no, 
How much more God at times will say no? And we've got to allow God to say no. Somebody once said that if God, if you're never offended by God, you might not be worshipping the true God, but a God that you've created in your own image. And sometimes we, we, we major so much on the aspect of God's love that gives and says yes, that we miss God's love that says no, I want you here. No, you can't do that right now. That you need to wait. And in the first service, we had a scripture there about Saul, um, the king in the Old Testament, who was not willing to wait and he lost a kingdom. So no at times. Then I want you to go to 1 Kings 19 verse 11. Another prophet, person that knew God's word, the Lord's voice. And here's prophet Elijah and the, the context was actually, he was saying a bunch of things that God told him and he went to the, uh, to, to, to the king and his wife, um, uh, I almost said Bathsheba, uh, Deli- not Delilah, what? now I've got Jezebel, got all the, uh, the ladies now in my mind there, but uh, Jezebel, and she was not happy about what he said, and so she said, off with his head, and so he fled. And he's in a cave at the moment. And he's moaning and he's, you know, sometimes when things don't work out for us, we moan. Right? We throw adult tantrums. And the adult tantrum is kind of still staper. You know that? Okay, God, I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm not going to talk to you. And we try and, you know, ignore God into, okay, okay, okay. Oh, God. Oh, I love you. We think that will work. And some of you grew up in homes like that. Still staple as well. It's not God's heart. And so Elijah's there, moaning and so on. And he says, he experiences all of a sudden God speak. Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And that's an incredible experience here. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. In the Old Testament, the Lord oftentimes spoke through fire, wind. You see it with how He went, how He worked with the people in the wilderness. He Led them by a cloud of fire times the wind. times the, So those were ways how God spoke to the people. They saw God would speak in these ways. And now God changes the thing. Sometimes God changes. He moves the cheese. Kind of like, uh, you know, the, have you read, this is an old book, but there was a book titled, Who Moved My Cheese? You know, kind of. And... Um, and it's, it's where we expect something to happen the same the whole time. And then all of a sudden it changes. And God does that at times. And Elijah is here and he hears God in the silent voice. Some translators, uh, theologians say that that portion in the, in the um, 
And uh, in the Hebrew speaks of sheer silence. If any of you experienced just, it's so silent, it's almost loud. Huh? It's, it's like, and, and, and what, what God reveals here is that even in silence, He can speak. He can make you aware of what His will is. In the Gospels, if you read about Jesus' life, you'll see that there's a few things that he did according to custom or that he, that he did often. And those, there are three things in particular. He often prayed. He went away in solitude and prayed. He often read the Scriptures and taught the people. And there's this thing of Jesus where he was in solitude. He was not afraid of silence. I want to ask you, how are you with silence? I got born again in the late, late 1900s. 90s. I feel so far, long ago. And I, you know, when some of you say, hey, I'm this old. Like, oh, man. I don't feel that way, but I realized it was before cell phones. We had DOS, you know, for the programmers. We had uh, those kind of, we, 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 we had a desktop that you switch on by the side. Nowadays, you know, people don't know about that stuff. And so there is, with technology, there's so much distraction. There's so much noise. There's so much screaming for your attention that you in particular and us in this day and age, we are bombarded. It's just noise, noise, noise. And I'm not speaking about physical noise. It's just DMs, things that's screaming for our attention. There's no silence. There's no solitude that we can hear God. And you need to cultivate a habit of finding silence, becoming silent. I've got a little thing here, one sec, is, is the app called. And I've put it specifically on Facebook and Instagram. Because I like seeing what's happening and whatever. I don't post that much myself. but you know, I'd, And I found that just it's, it became a habit. If I'm a little bit bored, took I go check. It's just like second nature. Took. So this one sick app goes, and then it it, it it has a little vibrator, and then it goes, but it goes slow. It's like, come on, man, I want to go to the app. And then it asks me, do you really want to go on this app? <laughs> and it's kind of an, no, I don't actually want to. I'm just now bored. I'm just in the habit of doing it. I'm just in a habit of being busy with my mind, with scrolling. It's not bad necessarily, but it's taking my attention away. And I have, I'm sad to say, I've brought down my screen time by hours just with this little app. And some of us just need help, even the pastors. Because we sometimes know, we can see, oh, it's going difficult to this one. I can see by the post they post. <laughs> They're not happy. Or this one is very happy. Or this and so, but, but in the screen, there's little addictive things. And you've all probably read about the blue screens and all the, the kind of things. 
And it's not that this is bad, we just need to manage it right. It can't manage us. Otherwise, it's speaking to us in times when God wants to speak to us. And some of us aren't hearing God because He doesn't want to chip in while you listen to someone or something else. We need to give our attention. It's like Moses. Moses was walking. Then he saw the burning bush. But it was only when he turned and went to the burning bush that God spoke to him. And your attention is key. You need to be aware and go. God's not necessarily going to scream at you. He wants to build relationship with you. And building relationship, it's not a good foundation to be screaming at one another the whole time. It's not ingredients for a healthy relationship. And some of you have even been in church situations. You've just been screamed at. Ah, 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 and I'm like, who did what wrong? It's like screaming at, and you can't hear God outside of that weird way. And God is actually wanting to call you aside and to be quiet and to introduce himself in a deeper and more real way. Are you willing to set aside time to be in the Word, to look at Jesus, to pray, and to be willing to surrender noise and be silent? And in my practice of being silent and in solitude alone, one of the things that I struggle with in those moments at times is I'm not in control. I need to wait. I can't tell God when He's going to speak, what He's going to say. And it's actually, I force myself through that practice, through that putting my body in this position, if I can call it like that. I force myself to go according to what I believe, that God is really who He is, and that He can really determine our relationship, and that He is the Lord. I am not, that he is the potter, I am the clay, and that he can choose how he wants to deal with me. And it's a vulnerable position, because oftentimes all your self-insecurities and maybe hurts or maybe weird things that you believe or aren't happy with comes up in those times. Give it to God. Till you come to a place where you are at peace.